The episode that you are about to hear contains about 50,000 curse words, starting almost at the beginning of the podcast, and is way too many to edit. So you are going to hear the raw version of the podcast. The views and opinions do not necessarily reflect the organization as a whole. Parental discretion is advised. With that being said, presenting the latest episode of the First Friday's podcast. Check, check. Adulting, you know, that's what we're doing. We're adulting every day, it never stops. Yeah, man, I gotta You know, they say if you like do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. This is what I'm saying. Like, but who wants to listen to a 50 year old rap nigga? What you mean? <laughs> two chains, two chains, about 50. <laughs> You changed about like, 50 man. and hey man you need to shut up oh, damn. get too old for this shit well, that's, like, how they, man, that's how they are too got no age limit, my brother. hold on that's how they like, are too like especially when people speak such blasphemy about Jay Z I get real upset cause they be like oh, oh he oh man. we don't wanna hear him that shit bothers the fuck out of me like I, I defend Jay Z like he my first cousin or something. You know what I'm saying? Like I gotta stop doing this shit before I fuck around and I don't know run my blood pressure. Oh no, see, oh now you know we you know we old oh, now. Shit. You know we getting old uh, when you gotta talk about your blood pressure and keep your blood pressure down. Yeah. My blood pressure pretty good though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's good. Really, you know we don't have that in our family like that high blood pressure shit. Okay, well me too. Uh, shout out to good health. Shout out to Good Hill. All right. All right. Well, you know, we got to do a little intro so that we can get into the podcast. All right. So we're back at it for another one. It's Ali Don, the goddess MC, you know. And I have a special guest on the line. It's Arkansas Bo. What up, though? What's (laughs) going on, good people? What up? What up? You're right. Well, I wanted to talk to you because you're always a pleasure to talk to, first and foremost. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, you know. Always I a pleasure. try to be a pleasure every now and again. Oh, you try to be a pleasure. That's what the ladies say. <laughs> That's what the lady, That's what she said. Okay, and, and I want to talk to you because it's officially 50 years of hip-hop. I've been seeing all the ads all over the place. 50 years of hip-hop podcast tv show specials and documentaries and everything so i wanted to talk to you specifically about 50 years of hip-hop because i'm like okay you're from the south and i just feel like the south got something to say especially when it comes to hip-hop where you might not have been accepted not even might not have been like you the southern rappers were not really accepted as part of the hip-hop community 
And I feel like Andre 3000 had to make that known. Like, the South got something to say. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Um, I mean, we always, I mean, it, it was like that for a minute. Because, uh, like I said, man, New York, you know, hip-hop started over there. And, um, <clears throat> you know what I mean? They almost... Uh, <laughs> They almost hated to a point where like it wasn't nobody supposed to be doing that except for people from New York. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it came from the West Coast, it was frowned upon and get no radio play on the East Coast. Or if it came from the South, we didn't get no play on the West or the East. You know, they were just like, them niggas is whack, them niggas is trash, <laughs> them niggas is trash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the end of the day, to a certain degree, uh, I almost favor what New York was on though because you know the the uh when, when uh, I'm gonna say Rakim he changed the whole game when it came to hip hop because you know everybody was rapping like like a dance sucker rock yeah, doing all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah yeah you know they was they, they was rapping like that well I'm in the place and I came to say so and so you know what I'm saying they was rapping like that back in the gap and then you know what I'm saying then the cat rock him he just even Cool Mo D was on that tip at one point in time he was rapping just like that and then um that nigga Rock him came out and that nigga was like I was a fiend before I became a teen, I melt the microphone to stand close. The ice came music orientated, so when hip-hop was originated, fitted like pieces of puzzle, complicated. Like, niggas wasn't rapping like that back then. At all. But Rakim, Rakim switched them joints up, you know what I'm saying? Even, uh, uh, you know, he, he changed the game for that. So you had to have some kind of vernacular and uh, intelligence when you was doing uh, hip-hop at one point in time. And nowadays... It all sound like, oh man, it's it's crazy, and I don't mean to bash my southern brothers, but Uh-oh. them niggas be trash sometimes, though, bro. Oh, snap. <laughs> when I was rapping, I was rapping to please New York or to outdo New York. You know what I mean? Like I can read the dictionary too now, but I just say words a little different. But you know what I mean? Like I was on that type of tip, so I tried to keep up with New York with whatever whenever I dropped something, and I. I favored the East Coast music more so than uh, any other genre of music because uh, it was something poetic and different about it when whenever I listened to it. Well, that's what makes uh, you stand out to me, too, because not only are you like a Southern rapper that has like a certain kind of style and cadence and swag to you, but you're also a lyricist and like you don't get that a lot in Southern music. Like, yeah. like Jay Z say, you know, my vocabulary murders the dictionary flows, which is every sixteenth. Me, Matt. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's some, it's some dope when I listen to most deaf say something or yes, or or, or Jay Z or uh, even Big. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. Big Smalls, man. Oh yeah, Tupac was from the East Coast too. We can't forget about him. That's true. You know what I'm saying? But uh, like, uh, yeah, man. I, I I I favored the East Coast more, but uh, don't get it twisted. I I love my West Coast brothers. I love my down South brothers. Yeah. And uh, 
you know what I mean? It, it was, it, it, to me, it had some kind of, you, if you could, you know what I'm saying, paint a picture in, in, over, over music, man, you, you had something special to me. That's why I, I dug the East Coast more so than I did any other genre of rap. Uh, <clears throat> I think I was uh, fortunate. Go ahead. I think I was fortunate just growing up listening to hip hop because originally, you know, my family, my parents are from New Jersey. So I felt like I was right there, even though, you know, far removed from the Bronx, wasn't in New York or anything like that. But just being in New Jersey, I felt like I was close enough to get those hip hop influences and. You know, really fall in love with hip hop and hear the bridge battles and KRS One and then even Wu Tang. But then having to move to Denver at a young age, it was so interesting because just growing up there was really only one major hip hop station in Denver and that was KS one oh seven five. Shout out to my girl Tasha McKeel out there. I remember that was like just the main radio station for hip hop and R and B. And I remember just listening to so many kinds of artists at a Denver station. So they played Wu-Tang, they played Too Short, they played Snoop, they played Tupac, you know, they played Jay-Z and Biggie. So I, and they even played like UGK, like they would even play, like I ended up finding out about Devin the Dude somehow. I don't know how that happened, but um. Even, he one of my favorites. Yeah, and even um, 8-Ball and MJG. Like, I was exposed to all of that living in Denver, so which was, and even, like, Suave House, Swisher House, like, listening to all that. So, I mean, I got so exposed. It was cool being in that area to where they really embraced all music. So I was glad that I didn't have to, like, let go of those East Coast roots that I had being in Denver, but also I got exposed to a lot of West Coast and Down South rap. So it was really well rated. Yeah. I think um, I got really exposed to exposed to the damn because I, I, I when I was when I looked at Luke and them I didn't look at them as rappers. <laughs> okay. I just looked at them as like like party niggas, like party DJ niggas, or like you know what I'm saying? Because he really didn't rap. They all he was telling you, he just gave you instructions. <laughs> Throw your hands up high and drop your thing up to the floor. You know. <laughs> Saying, he just he just gave you directions and he made you have a good time at a party and you know what I'm saying like I didn't look at them as like southern rappers though yeah, like two life crew shout out to Luke though because I mean uh, he opened it he opened the floodgates for freedom of speech and uh, music and stuff like that and I think uh, even the dances too he went to jail for that shit you know what I mean yeah the parental advisory. And like yeah, the yeah. raunchiness of it all that made it to the clubs where we were right. at. Yeah, he, he dope, man. And oh, and the official 50th anniversary for hip hop is August 11th, 1976, I want to say. Okay, well, I want to thank you for bringing that up because I was like, okay, it's, they say it's 50 years of hip hop, but I'm like, I could have swore that it was like Rapper's Delight and 
like you was talking about the hip hop, the hip, the hip, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought that was like in 78, 79. I, I don't know if it was 76 or maybe 73. It was one of them dates. But, I was you like, know, how is it, it 50 years? I was on I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, born, how is it 50 you know years? Because I'm like. I wasn't born too far behind and shit. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Nigga, old and shit, man. But. Oh, I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, okay, how is it 50 years? Because I don't know if the math is mathing for me, but you know, there's different elements of hip hop. So I'm wondering, okay, maybe 50 years is officially the DJs and the B boys. Well, it, maybe it was the graffiti and the, the graffiti. The breaking, you know, the right. And like yeah. That, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, so maybe somebody will correct us if we're, if we're wrong, but I think that might be the case. Like, it was the B-Boys, and it was the DJ, and even the graffiti artist, and then came the MC. I've been seeing them posting that 50-year hip-hop, and then I was just like, well, I thought it was August 11th, uh, 1973. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was seventy eight, seventy nine. Okay, so, <laughs> so yeah, I might have to do a little deep dive and figure out how to get in this fifty years. But I want to say it's most likely the the breakers, the graffiti artists, and the DJ mm. before we had the MC and the first mm. rap group. Yeah, in nineteen seventy three. Okay. I just looked it up. Nineteen seventy three. Okay. In the boogie down, and I'd come along four years after that. Four years? They don't, they don't make them like me no more. They don't. You know about? You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely. No one oh, like you. Shit, let me stop. There's no one yeah, like you. Okay. Yeah, man, but uh, but yeah, New York. Shout out to New York, but uh. Shout out. Things changed. Things really changed, like, for the New York rappers. Now, I know it's getting, like, really exciting right now, especially when Versus was doing their thing in New York. They had that live show with Dipset and Deluxe. That made New York go crazy. I think that was, like, a monumentous moment. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know what's crazy about that? I was rooting for the Dips. I thought the Dips was going to take for the it. Dips? <laughs> the locks didn't really have that many hits, but Jadakiss went up there with that mic in his hand and he showed like the true essence of hip hop. You know what I mean? It didn't matter how many hits them cats had. That nigga went up there and just showed the fuck out. You and know? I was like, wow. Yeah, he changed the game of verses with all that trash talk he was doing. It was straight entertainment to me. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then how they were on point, like, because a lot of the people who did the verses beforehand, they already had, like, a set-up playlist of what they were going to play in what order, but it seemed like the locks, their DJ was on point, because it seemed like they were able to respond to whatever was happening in the moment. Like, I remember Joel Santana was like, y'all rapping like we in Rikers Island. This ain't Rikers. Y'all are too hard. Like, there's ladies in here. And then Jada was like, okay, well, we going to play something for the ladies then. It's like, you forgot that they had songs for the ladies. The locks yeah. and data, I was just like, oh, okay, so they were killing it too with the songs for the yeah. ladies. I was just like, oh yeah. And another yeah. thing about that too, it was just like, like you got uh, uh, I, 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 when I was rooting for the dips, I was thinking <laughs> about how them cats really, uh, like the impact that they had on hip hop. Yeah. They had a lot. I saw like uh, even they they got me to hell. Shit, I was wearing bike chains with the ripped jeans <laughs> with uh, fucking skull shirts and everything. <laughs> like after them niggas, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, damn. 
Because I thought that shit was dope. Did you ever? Uh, I was dressing like Jimmy. You ever? I was dressing like Jim Jones. Okay, you ain't <laughs> never want to swaddle yourself in the American flag like Jewels. Uh huh. You ain't never. You never want to do the American flag swaddle like uh, Joel Santana. You know, just wrap them. Uh, neg- negative. That's no, that's, no. that's big negative. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm he was looking. He was looking kind of fly. <laughs> I think he was looking kind of fly during that versus. But that versus was hilarious though. But honestly, I I did think that Dipset was gonna win because I just felt like I was more familiar with their songs. But until I. Had to get reintroduced to all those lock songs, the Jada Kiss songs. I was like, wait a second, oh, they got some heat over there. Yeah, Almost yeah, forgot. man, yeah, it was that was some dope shit, man. It was, it was a good time. I, 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 you know what's crazy? I did a versus. Ain't that crazy? What you mean you did a versus? <laughs> Who you do a versus? Oh, you did. Hold on, I remember you were on a podcast or a radio show and you did a versus with somebody. Yeah, I did a versus with Six Oh Seven. Shouts out to Six Oh Seven. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I think that was the first time I watched you on air doing something. Yeah. Doing any kind of media something. That's the first time I saw you doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's crazy with you, Lee? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think you be like, uh, <laughs> you know, you got a, you, you got a, uh, you got a little boy be every now and again. That's, <laughs> fine. That's fine. You be a little boy and be every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, I heard that song. Yeah, the other guy was way better than you on that song. I'd be like, God damn, I can't win. Oh, uh, yeah, can't okay, hold on. No, what was that? Nah, what was that group, The Conduit? Huh? That was uh, with The Conduit. We're going. Shout out to Goins. Where Goins at? Shout out to Goins, man. Goins, uh, me and him, uh, we, we, we chopped it up uh, not too long ago, and uh, we said before we give it uh all the way up we're gonna get y'all one last hoorah we yes. just gonna spring it up on y'all like bam yes, you know yes. what i'm saying yes please do please. probably about probably about five to seven cuts we just gonna throw them out there you know well i'm looking forward to that because that boy good shout out goings yeah yeah going is a he's a beast he's a beast real mm-hmm. passionate and Floetic, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Floetic. I mean, because you're a very talented MC. I've always been a fan of yours, but it's something about that goings. <laughs> you just little boy me again on the radio station. <laughs> on the air. Jesus. Jesus. You know, I think it's some people that just got that certain <laughs> kind of voice. It's like that good. certain. I think, uh-huh. it's, I think it's certain people that just got that certain kind of voice. Like a certain yeah. kind of delivery, he's kind of like that. I think there's like people in hip hop that just got this a certain kind of tone that just sounds so good. Who else is like that? I want to say Freddie Gibbs is like that too. He's got. Yeah, this... I like I like Gangsta Gibbs, man. He, uh, I, I I go back and listen to all his old shit too when he first came out. He got a song called Do Wrong, and uh, it I when you listen to the beat. It sounds like some Tupac want to rap. I mean, Tupac would have rapped on, mm. and it, and it, he like on the song he almost embodied him. Do you know what I mean? But he was still Gibbs though. Right. Let me ask you dope. this. It was dope as hell. Let me ask you because you said that you really appreciated when Rakim, you know, the 18th letter, he was doing his thing with a different kind of flow when it comes to mm. rap. So when you started rapping, did you ever try to like sound a certain kind of way? 
or emulate I, a certain I style? did not. <laughs> I did not. My country ass was fucked up out here. I sounded terrible. Because uh, <laughs> I was, I, I, I was, you, you, I'm, what, like, I'm, I'm into the East Coast shit. I done, I done dabbled with, with the Wu-Tang shits mm-hmm. and I'm listening to fucking Cool G rap and Big Daddy Kane mm-hmm. and all these niggas. Then all of a sudden, in 1994, no, 93, I hear this mother, I hear these two niggas from Memphis, Tennessee. Blew me the fuck away. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> A-ball and MJG. I said, holy shit, guys, so I'm an hour and 30 minutes from Memphis, where I live, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. So we getting all this music from across the bridge, then they hit us with the 3-6 Mafia shit, so now I'm a mixture between Wu-Tang Clan and 8-Ball and MJG, and it was horrible. There was some shit that I couldn't, <laughs> I would never, ever... Uh, I'm glad I th- I'm glad all of my old notebooks are gone because they, the shit that I was writing was horrible. Uh, that is an interesting yeah. mashup. <laughs> that is, I don't even know how you it made that horrible. work because I can hear I can hear your influence of Eight Ball and MJG. Like you when you rap and talk, I just think of Pimp Hard, Pimp Hard. Yeah. Like I yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like where does Wu Tang fit into that? Like that don't make no sense. Uh, I don't know because I was a fan of ODB and Method Man. Like, dude was okay. my favorite niggas out of the Wu Tang clan. Shouts out to Myth and RIP, old dirty bastards. Yeah. RIP the ODB. <laughs> I like them. Dude was my two favorite niggas. Well, you know, Ghostface was, was always one of my favorites. I was always partial to Ghostface and Method Man. And then I got on Raekwon late. But Raekwon, the chef, I just love. He got this album. Dope. Raekwon, dope as fuck. I, I, yeah, I got on him late too. But then I even just the overall Wu Tang like style, like just the way they would rap. It's like, what are they talking about? This is amazing. Like, just the yeah. just the yeah, words. The never had no real <laughs> like a subject matter. Like this shit would be all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that nigga. I heard that nigga Ghostface. He was like, "We got seven ravioli bags." And then some other shit happened. I was like, "What? Okay." He had the ravioli bags, and then some niggas got shot, and he took the, the drugs. And I don't know. I don't get it. I was like, "This is great." You know, I just love all the. Way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was real exciting. It was. It was real exciting. It was real exciting. Like even when Raekwon, like sometimes they was just too fly with it. Like Raekwon had that album, Fly International Luxurious Art. I was like, "Ooh, that's cold." Like I don't even know, like. <laughs> how you come up with that album title? I was like, this is this is incredible. It's like they just they got the whole thing. That it was all so simple it was dope to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because you can see the picture, like when he was, you know, he, no doubt I wasn't. Eight. No, that's a casual everything around me. I'm sure. Yeah, see. But uh, Lord, I'm old. But uh, yeah, a long time ago. Was a long yeah, time man, ago. like the, the Bray. Yeah, Raekwon, Ghost, Meth, and ODB was, yeah, them was the standouts. Because that nigga, I'm sorry, but the RZA could not rap to me. The RZA? Wasn't he no. Prince Prince Rakim or Prince Raheem or something like that? Oh, my God, it was the worst. Oh, we love you, Raheem. You, Raheem. I was that, like, no. That's a hit. See, we still remember it. Huh? 
We still remember it. That means that's a hit. He that's a win. That was not a hit. Yeah, that, that was, was one of the worst songs he ever did. <laughs> Hold on, wasn't the Jizza somebody too though? Say what now? Wasn't the Jizza also like another solo artist by some other name? Yeah, but the Jizza was dope. The genius. That's what they called him. The was genius. it the genius? He didn't have no other other name. Mm-mm. Okay. They they had Inspector Dick. Oh, you got... All right, so let me think about the first hip-hop album. Because I remember I had... That was, like, one of the first hip-hop albums that I had. It was 36 Chambers. But yeah. but I think the first, first hip-hop album that I had was the LL Cool J album. It was Mama Said Knock You Out. Oh, Ellie. Yeah. Uh, I like LL Cool J. He wasn't the goat to me though. He was not the goat. Yeah, they'll say some trash shit sometimes. Hold on, but he was the first one. He was the first one to tell us what the goat was. That man, he told us what the goat was, and that's fine. The greatest of all time. That's dope. Nice little acronym. I I dig it. And he was the first one to have ten albums. The first rapper. He yep, he did. He, he mm-hmm. yeah, he was he, he made some some moves. He. he Really, to be honest with you, he carried hip hop. I gotta give him props. Yeah, he for carried hip hop because he wasn't... carried it. He carried it. He, yeah. He really made Def Jam. Yeah, he did. To be honest, uh, and the Beastie Boys would follow. Well, no, it'd be Run DMC then the Beastie Boys. Yeah. But uh, like, like no, nah, LL carried that, and I, I give him props for that. But sometimes he says some trash shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, like the pink cookies like, in a plastic bag? When he said, I'm the type of guy. No, he said, you're the type of guy that gets suspicious. I'm the type of guy who says, pudding is delicious. I hated that. Yeah, that I was... Hated... <laughs> <laughs> I hated when he said, bolticious. Hold <laughs> on. Oh, no. He said, <laughs> Said, that was fire. What was that? That violator? That was not fire. It was not fire. That was fire. That was a violator era. Yeah, that was a violator era. But he, he said, that dude said, he said, he said, yeah. Blow tissues. <laughs> Skeevy. Delicious. I was like, wait. <laughs> this nigga little saying delicious. Just rhymes. Why do we do this? Sometimes, sometimes it's just rhymes. If he would leave delicious out of his rhymes, he'd probably be a dope nigga. If he just leave delicious out. Okay. Just leave delicious out. That's where he went wrong. That's where he went wrong. Everybody go to your ladies, man. It was so funny. Okay. Just stop trying to rhyme shit with delicious. It was so funny. I I went to a concert, and this was like my first concert ever in life. It was um, LL Cool J show. And I remember the guy in front of me, he was like rocking out to everything that LL was doing. But then he had that song about his father. And then the guy that was in the crowd in front of me, he was like, I got to go. <laughs> he just left <laughs> when that song, when LL started doing that song, I was like, dang. That was... That just gave up all hope. Just gave up. So that was that was an interesting change for LL. But okay, so that was my first rap album ever that I purchased or got in some kind of way. Do you remember the first rap album that you had? The first rap album that I ever purchased, like, that I ever purchased yeah. was A Tribe Called Quest. Uh, oh, 
Well, Midnight Mar- Martyrs was a, a, a lot of ones. Midnight, yeah, Midnight Marauders. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was the one for a lot of people. Man, that joke is right there. And then the second one after that, I purchased the Black Sheep. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I purchased Black Sheep. So now I'm a. I was chilling not too long ago, and then I started watching Drink Champs, and I saw Dreads on Black uh, from Black Sheep. Mm-hmm. On there, they interviewed him, and I did not like what he said about Tupac. Oh, what he say? It was like the worst shit, cause it was just like I mean, like you know, Pac dead, he ain't here to defend himself, and everybody loved making Tupac look look um look weak while he dead and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta understand at the time this nigga was nineteen years old. You dealing with a nineteen year old dude who's uh, who got a lot of shit going on. He's a big actor and all this stuff. Yeah. And he, he got cases pending against him and shit yeah. between 19 and 20. You know what I'm saying? So, you, I don't know, man. I, I didn't I didn't like that too much, man, what he was saying. And he was saying, I got love for Pop and no disrespect to Pop. And then he'll say some disrespectful shit. Oh, that's like, what man, people mean. You. Yeah, that's what people mean anytime they say no disrespect. You know the disrespect about to come. Yeah, when they do that shit to me, they usually get slapped in the mouth. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I do that to people. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Hey, man, no disrespect. And I say, hey, if you're going to say something disrespectful, you could be swallowing your teeth in a few minutes. Yeah, and you mean you it, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you mean that shit is crazy. Like, don't be talking about no disrespect. No disrespect. And then say something disrespectful. That's whack as fuck. You can't get beat up, my nigga. Alright, so on that note, we're going to take a quick music break so we can mellow out a little bit. So, I know you like that Midnight Martyrs, but I know you was also feeling a Tribe Called Quest low end theory. Special request, I'm going to play Check the Rhyme, and we're going to follow it up with one of the ultimate classic hits from LL Cool J. So, keep it locked right here. You're listening to the First Fridays Podcast at thegodcollection.com. Kicks the mad style, so step off the Frankfurter. Yo, Fife, you remember that routine that we used to make spiffy like Mr. Clean? Um, um, a tidbit, um, a smidgen. I don't get the message, so you got to <laughs> okay. run the pigeon. You're on point, Fife. All the time, tip. You're on point, Fife. All the time, tip. You're on point, Fife. All the time, tip. So then grab the microphone and let your words rip. Now here's a funky introduction of how nice I am. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. I'm like an energizer because you see I last long. My crew is never ever whack because we stand strong. Now if you say my style is whack, this way you're dead wrong. I slay that body and El Segundo, then push it along. You'll be a fool to reply the fight is not the man. Because you know and I know that you know who I am. A special shout out piece goes out to all my pals, you see. And a middle finger goes for all you punk seats. Because I love it when you whack them, see despise me. They get vexed, I will next, could not contest me. I'm just a fly MC who's five for three and very brave. On top remaining, no home training, cause I misbehave. I come correct in full effect of all my holes in check. And before I get the butt, the gym must be a wreck. You see, my aura's positive, I don't promote no junk. See, I'm far from a bully and I ain't a punk. Extremity of rhythm, yeah, that's what you heard. So just clean out your ears and just check the word. Check the time, man. Check the time. 
cousins was fitting. It was I, the Pfeiffer. And me, the abstract. The rhymes were so rumping that the brothers rolled the zap. Hey, yo, Tip, do you recall when we used to rock? Uh, those fly routines on your cousin's block? Uh, let me see. Damn, I can't remember. I received the message and you will play the same. You're on point, Tip. All the time, Fife. You're on point, Tip. Yeah, all the time, Fife. You're on point, Tip. You're all the time, Fife. So play the resurrector yeah. and give the dead some life. Okay, if knowledge is the key, then just show me the lock. Got the scrawny legs, but I move just like Lou Brock with speed. I'm agile, plus I'm worth your while. 100% intelligent black child. My opera presentation sizzles the retina. How far must you go to gain respect? Um, well, it's kind of simple. Just remain your own, or you'll be crazy, sad, and alone. Industry rule number 4080. Record company people are shady. So kids, watch your back, cause I think they smoke crack. I don't doubt it. Look at how they act. Off the better things like a hip hop forum. Pass me the rock and I'll score with the corn and proper. What you say, hammer? Proper. Rap is not pop if you call it that and stop.
We got a lot of private jokes to share. Lisa, Angela, Pamela, Renee, I love you. You're from around the way. It's 50 Years of Hip Hop at the First Fridays podcast, brought to you by thegodcollection.com. The song you just heard was Around the Way Girl by LL Cool J off that Mama Said Knock You Out classic album. And before that, you heard Check the Rhyme by a tribe called Quest off the Low End Theory. Now, before we took that break, it's your girl, Ellie Don. Still here with Arkansas Bo, and we were just giving our props to Tupac. So back in my days at um, Norfolk State, NSU, shout out the Spartans in the seven cities in Virginia. I remember we had a guest speaker. It was Cornell West. And at the time, you know, Cornell West was known as like the most scholarly black man in America. You know, and, and may still be, probably still. But I remember he gave this speech and it was so random. He was talking about Tupac, like how powerful Tupac was as an activist and just his voice, his ability to speak up. He was so charismatic, such a big star. He was like, couldn't flow like big, but he was good. You know, I was like, okay, why he had to throw that part in there? Right. (laughs) It's it's, it's a difference, though. I can can see, uh, I thought, I can see what people saying. Yeah. But Biggie's catalog ain't big enough for him for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, just gone too soon. Gone too soon, yeah. but his flow yeah, is two crazy. Two albums versus shit. Pac got a, a hell of a catalog. I mean, you can't sit up there and say that Big was better than Pac off of two albums. Uh, Big had one of the most, uh, one of the dopest flows I ever heard, though. Right. And I always go back to this part because I like I like when he said this shit for some odd reason. He said, "I can hit you with real millionaire shit. That's cargo, my cargo, one sixty swiftly, wreck it by the new one. The crew run, run, run. The crew run, run. Man, I know you signal this name brand, Nick. Man, it like it, the way that he yeah, do that shit like that, man. Yeah, Come on. talk about it like." It was so crazy, like his flow, because I'm like, oh, because I'm like studying the way he's rapping. I'm like, he wouldn't necessarily wait for the punchline to rhyme. Like, he'll rhyme in the middle of the line. He'll rhyme, like, at the end. Like, he got so many rhymes. Like, it's just so incredible. Like, the cadence, the styles. Like, this guy is smooth. This guy, he cold. Smooth as hell, man. Like, you couldn't deny him that. But he never, the only thing that bothered me about Big is he never... He never said anything positive or... <laughs> he never said anything positive or no social commentary. It was just like dope stories and cool shit he was doing. You know what I'm saying? And that's fine. It's okay to get away from reality. 
know. Well, I mean, he said something. <laughs> well, more money, more problems. That was very real. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, sky's the limit. That was so, That's yeah. what I'm about to say. Sky's the limit had to be a positive message in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Right? But, uh, yeah. But the way that Pop did his shit, like, man, it was, it was unmatched. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, uh, he was just so outspoken. Like, I just love to hear him talk. Like, when he was talking about Dear Mama, like, he was getting criticized for being, like, a quote-unquote, like, gangster rapper. And then he was even... It was some random interview that I saw on Tupac just recently, and he was, like, accused of, like, sexual abuse or something like that, sexual assault yeah. or something like that. And he was just like, come on now, how am I going to make a song like Dear Mama and I'm going to sing song or rap songs for the ladies and support my mom and support women who are single mothers? Like, that don't even sound like me to sexually assault somebody. That don't make no sense. Like, you can't show me anybody who really knows me that can vouch and say that I'm the type of person who would do something like that. Like that don't make no sense. And like just the way he articulated himself, it's like you just wanted to believe him. You knew it just was like such foolishness. If he had these crazy accusations coming out about him, the way he was able to stand up for himself, the way he was able to, he just seemed like he had a lot of integrity, even though he did seem like a menace sometimes too. You do. <laughs> just looking at footage of him spitting on the camera you know and then even I got mad cause you know I love Jay Z I'm a Jay Z stan podcast some yeah. random line about Jay Z died too and I'm like whoa what did Jay Z do like I don't know like what is going on <laughs> what's going on Pac you know what I'm saying but he was still very positive and he just cared about he cared about not being misunderstood. He cared about, he really did care about women. He cared about making a song with a message. I just feel like he really stood for something just as a person, not just as a rapper. Right, right. I just feel like he has a lot of integrity. You know, I feel like a lot of rappers now, it's like when we get to know about them personally, it's like I don't know how likable they really are. Right, right. I, I, that's why I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad when I met Scarface. Oh, no. So, okay, you never really told me about this, really, but only like a little bit. Yeah. But they say don't meet your idols. Facts. Because it went left at some point, somehow. Love them from a distance, man. Okay, so let's talk about that because, I mean, you had a really interesting career and you've been plugged in with a lot of icons, a lot of big artists and rap just because of who you are and what you've been doing. So how did you even get hooked up with Scarface and what happened? Man, I had an album. Excuse me, that watermelon good or hell. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to the niggas who started that. But uh, at any rate, okay. <laughs> I had an album that I had released in uh, 2011. I went to, yeah, 2011. And it was called The Notebook. And uh, one of my partners tweeted it to him on, uh, on, uh, on Twitter and shit. When well, now it's X. Formerly yeah. known, formerly known as Twitter. 
Huh? Formerly known as Twitter, now it's X. It's called X? Yeah, Elon Musk turned it into X. Like, if you got the Twitter app on your phone right now, look at it. It's just going to be a black X. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Shots out of that nigga. <laughs> but it is great, uh... <laughs> My homeboy, Chris, man. Christopher Jones. Shouts out to Christopher Jones. He, um... He tweeted him the album. And then, uh... Probably about, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, I got a phone call. And that nigga said, I've been looking for you, nigga. <laughs> And I didn't know who the fuck it was. I was like, hello. <laughs> like, well, I've been looking for you, nigga. Mm-hmm. I was like, no. No. <laughs> I was looking for me. <laughs> and then I was like, quit playing on my phone, bro. And I hung up. Mm. And then and I automatically, in my mind, I was like, okay. I'm laying in the white. I mean, laying in the bed with my wife. I mean, no. I was like, uh, I'm with my wife and shit. I was like, I know I ain't messing with nobody's old lady. Who the fuck calling me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I get the call again. Motherfucker was like, I've been looking for you. And I said, hey, man, if you want to meet up in box, motherfucker, we can. I don't care. And he was like, we ain't nobody trying to fight you. He said, nigga, this is Brad Jordan. I said, who? Oh, Scarface. And I was like, Give me the Dude, like that. He said, oh, for real. Then there was another nigga on the phone. He laughing. And I was like, oh, shit. I automatically turned into a bitch. I got started <laughs> shit. I'm like, oh, shit. Nigga, this is coffee. I'm like, nigga, you one, you one of my favorite rappers, dog. Wow. You know. And he was like, yeah, man, I heard your album, man. He said, I want to fuck with you, man. You're going to be my secret weapon and all this kind of shit. Now, this is 2010. I didn't sign with him until 2013 because he went to jail in 2011 for child support or some shit like that. Wow. Uh, when he got out, I signed with him. As soon as he got out, he called me, you know. And uh, we was back on track and um, we got everything signed and I was I was uh, with him from 2013 to 2016. And I got tired of people walking up on me and asking me, hey, man, ain't you signed? I was like, yeah, I'm signed. They was like, well, why are you working at Walmart, nigga? You ever stacking boxes and shit? And I was like, oh, God. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I did, it was, that was humbling, but that yeah. shit was kind of humiliating at the same time. Yeah. So I was just like, I called him one day. I said, hey, man, um, you know, like, what's happening? Uh, shit, we... I'm ready to get this ball rolling, bro. I got folks walking up on me, asking me questions. Then he went off. Like, nigga, I'm focused on my shit right now. I'm focusing on my shit right now, bro. And I was like, all right. Then he was like, how many albums you done sold, nigga? Like, I sold a few, but not as many as you. Yeah, that's right. And I was like, so what's, what you trying to say? (laughs) (laughs) He was like, nigga, don't worry about it now. He just start going off on me and shit. And then I was, he was like, I was like, well, man, I, I gotta go. I gotta get up and go to work in the morning. And he was like, I gotta go hit these golf balls in the morning. And that at that point, 
I was like, oh, this nigga just stunted on me. <laughs> I'm going to work. He finna go hit some golf out. I was like, man, you lucky, boy. You ain't say that shit in front of me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? After that, you know, they got rid of me, man. That was it? Yeah, I threatened the legend, man. You know what I'm saying? He ain't threatened legend. <laughs> niggas up at the casbah. So. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't, I don't play that shit. No, you don't. You really don't. I, ain't nothing. <laughs> I love him though. I know you do. I know you like got a lot of love and respect for him, even though things went left. Yeah. Unfortunately. Shit. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's all love, but you know, but that was kind of foul though. Like, how he gonna just <laughs> flex on you like that? Like, I don't understand. Uh, like. But there was always a conflict. I remember, okay, so once upon a time, I was taking music business classes. Shout out to John Kellogg, if he's still around, a music entertainment attorney. Um, He used to be in Cameo. And that was actually one of my music business teachers. And then he was also like the the road manager for, I want to say, I want to say it was Gerald LeVert. So, yeah, so this was one of my music business teachers at Metro State. So, um, I remember he was just talking to us, just giving us the game about the music business. And I had to write a paper for that class about the conflicts of having an artist also be your manager. Yeah. And there's just going to be a conflict because that artist is always going to be putting their own projects as their number one priority. So it's going to be a conflict of interest. If they sign other artists, they're not going to be as focused on their other artists' projects if they're trying to put out something themselves. Right. And so it's kind of expected, that response that he had. Like, he was like, oh, I'm working on my... It was interesting that he called you, though. He called you right after he got out signed you and all that but then he went straight to kind of like too short can't stay away you know what i mean it's like he just he started working on his own project like he just got out i'm sure he was hungry too he had something to say he wanted to get in the studio so it's kind of expected that he wanted to work on his own album he's not going to really be able to focus on somebody else that he signed and it's just something that kind of comes with the territory yeah i didn't understand it at the time and i i, I would advise any any young cat out there don't sign to no rappers. Right. You know yeah. Saying? Like, don't sign to no rappers and don't try to meet your people that you, you know, look up to or whatever. Because <clears throat> it's, it's, it's all bad. You know, people say that a lot about Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. I don't hear so many Jordan stories, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear so many Jordan stories. It's crazy. Um, the way he did Chameleon there, I was like, that was terrible. What did he do to Chameleon there? 
Uh, you just got to look that up and watch it, man. I was like, wow, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> Camille had just bought Michael Jordan jersey and all that kind of stuff or whatever. And the jersey was high, like, some, some you know, he paid a pretty penny for it. And yeah. he had wanted to take a picture with him. He was doing, like, I ain't taking no picture with no niggas. I take pictures with bitches and all, all that right. kind of shit. All right. Yeah, it was crazy, man. I think Wale also got a crazy story about meeting Michael Jordan. Yeah. I ain't never wanted to be like that Mike. The Mike I wanted to be like. Right. You a <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be like the other Mike. Mike Tyson, goddamn. Dang, cold-blooded Mike with his responses. Well, I don't know. I never met him, so I don't know how he really be giving it up in person. <laughs> okay, but back to 50 years of hip-hop. Okay, so I want to talk about the ladies, the females in hip-hop real quick because before we get out of here, I think it's important just to acknowledge what's going on. So a lot of the female rappers, they'll say, like, it's their time right now. Nobody's hotter than them right now. They're doing all the streaming numbers. They're just making all these big, important deals. And I feel like the women in hip-hop came a long way. And I'm not sure... If it's like for the good or for the bad, like I'm here. <laughs> you know what it's about for you. <laughs> Cause no, cause... Said that. that is why you said that. I'm like, you know it's for the bad. Man, come on. Well, please. only come because on. I didn't know. I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say that. But as I'm talking, I'm like picturing Queen Latifah. And her U N I T Y and who you calling yeah. them? You, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm yeah, picturing. Uh, you got motherfuckers out there talking about they pussy the whole pig oh, and they, they put the whole brand out. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know I'm like I'm thinking about MC Light, the Georgie Porgy. You know what I'm saying I'm thinking about Moni in the middle. It was so wholesome and impactful, powerful, especially Queen Latifah, so talented. And then it's like, like you said, we got rappers talking about squirt that in my pussy. And yeah. look at my it's terrible. It is, it's terrible what the masses <laughs> are pushing toward these young women out here. And it's making, and it's making, and I, I'm sorry, but it's making young black women like not respect themselves or, or black men, to be honest with you. Yeah. And that's just the way that is. Cause look at man, like, Everything that I listen to that a woman's been doing, especially on the radio, it's like it's it's prostitute vibes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like all of it's prostitute vibes. Prostitute vibes. Yeah, yeah so, get money. It's all about get money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do what you gotta do. To, get money. Uh, yeah. Uh, putting on some skippy shit, letting your ass hang out. You can look, but don't touch unless you throw on some dollars at them and all that kind of shit. So that's what it's yeah, about. it's all prostitute. Uh, it's what would you call it? Yeah, it's a prostitute. What they, what, what they call it? They call it <laughs> pussy rap, but yeah, prostitute uh, rap as well. Um, yeah, I really don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> You're right. They can't be touched right now. It is the prostitute's time right now. It's the prostitute time. Well, you know, sex sales. I mean, we've all known that, you know, and that is the time for that right now. You know what I'm saying? And then plus, I mean, now you hear, now people in the music industry, like the executives in the music industry, the powers that be, I've heard stories about how they always have these crazy, 
requests. Like when you think about Lauren Hill and she's got her song Zion and it was basically like the joy of my world is Zion. Like this is her son, but the record label, people in the industry wanted her to have an abortion when she got pregnant. Wow. You know, so I've heard this is the story and she got turned off from the music industry because, you know, you have these executives that's like, oh, you're at the height of your career right now. You got to go on tour. You got a next album coming. Like, you can't be pregnant right now. Like, you're supposed to be ready to go. You're supposed to be hot. You're supposed to be fresh. You're supposed to be single. You're supposed to, you're not ha- supposed to have a relationship. You're not supposed to have a baby. Like, how are you going to have a baby and still have a career? So they were encouraging her to have an abortion. So nowadays... I'm hearing that a lot of executives in the music industry, they're putting in the contracts that they want these new young ladies now to get a BBL. They want them to have cosmetic surgery. If you won't get put on, like this is what you need to do. So it's like what happened? I don't know if they just want to do it, but like what happened to the integrity? Like Lauren Hill had like, yo, I'm going to have my baby. F what you talking about. Like I'm not about to have an abortion to sell some records for this record label. Like, that's crazy. Because then now you got these women that's like, okay, if I'm going to be on, like if I'm going to be big right now in the industry and they want me to get my butt done, then let me just go ahead and do that. It's like maybe they wanted to do it. Maybe they're not as passionate like Lauren Hill was standing firm on what she believed, like when it comes to having an abortion, but maybe cosmetic surgery is maybe more appealing like, oh, okay, you're going to put that in my contract? That's what you need me to do? All right, I'll do it. Like, I've been thinking about it anyway. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if anybody regret. I mean, they do regret it, though. Like, I-, I can't say I don't know if anybody regrets having the cosmetic surgery, but they do regret having the cosmetic surgery. So I'm like, what can we say about the women who are persuaded? And this is nothing new in hip-hop. Women who are getting approached and persuaded to do certain things just to get on. Right, right. It's like, do you have any kind of advice? What if this was your daughter? And she Man, was- I, my, like, as far as these women, like, I don't know, man. Like, they, they, it, 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 it seemed like it ain't no cure for it. You know what I mean? Because it's like a new, a new prostitute to come out every new- week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> With a new prostitute type song. So it's just like, God damn, oh you know what I'm gosh. saying? Like, what's it, what'd you say? That one song, like, you like my voice. It turn you on. That ain't shit. Wait till you see it in the thong. I'm like. I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Sorry. It's a it's a it's a chick out there that rap named Sarat, man. She okay. don't. It's another chick out there that that rap uh oh man, I forget her name. She was on Kendrick Lamar's album too, and she dope as hell. I think she's from North Carolina. Uh oh man. Which album? Uh she was on the um uh the Pepper Butterfly album. Uh Rhapsody, that's her name. Oh, okay, Rhapsody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rhapsody. Shout out. You know what I'm saying? You yeah, got people like them out. out uh, sure. And some girls, they name Ocean. They dope as hell. Yeah. I'm like, man, how come the masses ain't pushing this type well, of Well, that's thing? true. Like Rhapsody, you know Jean Grey. Right? Yeah, I mean, there's you know? been all kinds of rappers that, female rappers that are lyricists. You know, no. they're hip hop historians. They respect sure. themselves. But yeah, they don't get that push from the record labels like you're talking about. Rhapsody probably was like the 
the biggest one to do it as far as like the more recent rappers because she was able to open up for the uh, for the Super Bowl a few years back when Jay-Z made this deal with Rock Nation in the NFL. So she had a big look with that. We've seen her on the Breakfast Club multiple times and, you know, being part of like Summer Jam big tours. But she's like right. kind of like the only one that's kind of been like adopted in, but still not making it on that level that the pussy rappers are on. <laughs> you, the rappers, what you call them? The pussy rappers. <laughs> you, you heard what I said, Bo. That's what they call them. And uh, you call them prostitute rappers. You know, it's like, I don't know what's going on, but shout out to Rhapsody. Shout out to, um, I like Dochi. Shout out to Jean Grey. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, them, man. And, you know, I, 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 I be wanting to hear that type of shit, man. Yeah. Like, um, and Remy Ma, too. Shout out to Rem. We talk about that pussy in every song, man. Like, that shit is, like, crazy. That shit is, man, crazy. It is crazy. And what's, what's, what's extra crazy, I done seen Cardi B on some political shit, and she, like, when she talking, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, when she talking on her platform, she be going off about shit, but then... She'll turn around and be like, I suck a dick a dick and all that kind of stuff. Everybody knows you'll do that. It's hard to escape, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, we kind of grew up on that. Like, if you're a female rapper, especially like a, a newer female rapper, it's like, of course, it's like you listen to Lil' Kim, you listen to Nicki Minaj, you know that sex sells. And then even, like, just watching that Notorious Big movie, there was this scene, and I don't know how true it was, but it was based on a true story, that when Lil' Kim wanted to rap, Biggie was like, well, you know this is a male-dominated field, so if you want men to listen to you, you gotta talk about stuff that men want to hear you say. And so yeah. that's how Little Kim just basically structured her rap career and her songs around the things that the men want to hear. So, I mean, honestly, like, that's what I thought about when I did my first song that I released is Royal P Interlude. Shout out Ali Don and Ali Don Inc. Music. <laughs> Shout out to Ali <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay, I was like, what do men want to hear? So that's how I even came up with, with that interlude. But then I just remembered something that India Irie said doing an award show like if you have people's ear you should use that platform to say something that's gonna change people's lives or influence people for the positive so i was like yeah maybe i should do that instead of making this male pleasing pussy rap (laughs) kind of songs like what else can i say that's really gonna move somebody and inspire somebody in a different kind of way yeah, I, I get it, man. But it's just like, man, that, that that shit is hard to, like I said, that spell is like hard to break. You're right. You know what I'm saying? In order for, you know, especially if you want to do good in the music, it's like hard to, that spell hard to break. You're right. Um, and, it's, it, it, and it's a shame that, it's a shame that, that, um, that I'm gonna tell you the honest of God truth. Don't know old niggas wanna hear nothing about your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> like me, I don't be wanna hear that shit. On uh, 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 everything I love, like I don't, I don't be wanna hear that shit. You wanna hear that? Uh, okay, so what do you wanna hear? Yeah. What do you wanna hear? Like a female rapper say, like if you heard a song, like okay, she cold. This I actually wanna hear this. 
what kind of subject matter would it be about? I don't know, man. Anything that's, that's anything positive to empower a woman. Okay. Uh, little girls, you know, if she's talking to little girls and telling them not to do this and, and to do this and make yourself better and walk in the righteous light type shit, you know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. The essence of a woman can make a man, like, the real essence of a woman can make a man straighten the fuck up. Uh, Charleston White said that, and and, and, and it was it's, it's really true. You know what I'm saying? Because like right now, either the, these girls is prostitutes or they training <laughs> to be niggas. Wow. Man, that's the honest to God truth. They either prostitutes or they training to be niggas in their music. You know what I'm saying? Look, look at that girl. What's that? What's her name? Scarlet. Have you heard her? Yeah, I have. That yeah. song she did, like, stay the fuck out of New York it's, or whatever. Okay. It's pretty hard. That's, that's you see, see what I'm saying? It, it's, it's exciting. It's hard. It's exciting. Yeah. But I saw her before she started doing shit like that. And that girl could rap for real. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'd rather hit it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we gotta, we gotta do better, you know. We we all gotta do better. Even I remember Corday. He was even saying, "You gotta fake it till you make it." So before Corday got signed and became more of a popular artist, he said that he was on Instagram fronting, borrowing people's dogs, borrowing people's jewelry, on somebody <laughs> else's balcony, taking the pictures so he can get his followers up and get his likes up until he can get on. He's like, "Okay, now I ain't gotta do that no more." So it's people out here faking it till they make it as well. And that's kind of part of becoming a successful rapper. I mean, it's just all part of the game. I don't even know what we're supposed to do. But I do like what you said. At least if we can ex- inspire younger people, spread that yeah, righteous well, light. That, I mean, you got to think about it. Like, that's the way we came up. Like, we was doing whatever the music was doing. That's how influential it is. I was rocking uh, medallions and shit. Yeah, and and I wa- and I rocked the uh, I remember when them uh, them black university college sweatshirts was popular. We was rocking them, yeah. and then cross colors and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were doing that when the music was making us do that. And you can best believe when Snoop Dogg and them hit the scene, we was in them dicky suits and them motherfucking Chuck Taylors. That's true. That's true. And then Jay Z was talking about get your button up. So a lot of the men wanted to step it up and get the little button up. Man, man, them niggas come out with suit and tie, and I've been dressing like that ever since because that's what I was used to seeing when I was coming up. When when I was growing up, I saw men actually dress up, and I was like, "Well, shit, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in these motherfucking suits and these slides and shit, and won't nobody fuck with me because they think that uh." You look like I'm a, a grown-ass man. You, you know like what I'm grown, saying? You look like a grown businessman or something like that. Look like yeah. you're on your way to fight for social justice or something like that. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. I, like your, yeah. um, I like your backpack rap look, though. I, I, I fucked with it for a minute. You know what I'm saying? I had a backpack full of nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had like a bag of jeans with the Tims and a backpack with a white tee on with a fucking New York had on and I'm from Arkansas. I love that look that you had though with the back you would have a hat is backwards with your glasses with the backpack with the you know what I mean like you had the whole like that was my favorite look for you. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie. I did like that look. 
Yeah, I tried it for a minute. Yeah, I tried it. It, it just wasn't me. Yeah. Now, now I'm uh, now I'm in a work uniform every day, and on weekends, like you might catch me in a brim with a nice shirt on, with some jeans and some nice shoes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I ain't mad at it. Keep them shoes clean. Yeah. I'm mad at you. Yeah, I dress like a, I dress like a sugar daddy now. Go on, get one of them orange sodas out there cooler back there. I look I mean, over my glasses when I talk to them. I'm like, go on over there. And get you come on now, don't look over your glasses. <laughs> Not that ice chest in, in my back seat. Not the ice chest. <laughs> oh Lord, what what is going on? I ain't got no, you know, say I ain't got no jewelry yet. Pretty nah. soon I'm gonna fill all my fingers up with with rings. Okay. Right. Well, you know, but I'm sure you got the rapper starter kit. Like you had to get you a chain and a pinky ring or something like that. No, I, I didn't do that. Yeah. I didn't do that, man. You know what I'm saying? I was, I thought I was too gangster for jewelry. Oh well, you know I had to get me a chain, please. I was just like, look, this is immediately. You got a chain for real? Yeah, life. I got a chain. What you mean? Shoot, I ain't playing games with it. <laughs> no, you gotta get a chain. I'm a rapper now. I'm a rapper now. Let me get a chain. Yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. You, you, you probably need a chain these days. Start a kit. You got the choker joint. You got the choker joint. I mean, I I do have a choker, but um, it's more for fashion for the ladies, little ladies, oh. you know, fashionable choker. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, I mean. Anyway, okay, Bo. Fifty years of hip hop. How should we wrap this up? I got one more thing to say. Okay. Before we wrap it up, fifty years of hip hop. Uh, I know I started off saying that I love my East Coast rappers, my West Coast rappers, and my Down South rappers. But the best rapper of all times, in my book, is Ice Cube. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I had to say that. Okay. He was the best storyteller. He had a big impact in uh, in, in uh, hip hop as far as like a WA. Then when he went solo, he became a Muslim and tried to correct what he did. Okay. You know that was wrong with NWA. Yeah. And then you know what I'm saying. He left, did his little uh, movie thing, came back, dropped some more hits on us. I think Ice Cube was the dopest rapper of all time. You know, and I know a lot of people won't be mad at you for that because usually I hear a lot of conversation, and he he's usually in the top five for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, he gotta be, man. If you ain't got Ice Cube in your top five, your top five is trash. Okay, well we can save that conversation <laughs> for another day because you about to stir up some controversy. We can save that for another day. But I want okay, to thank you. Thank you so much for participating in this pod to talk about the 50 years of hip hop. So necessary. And that does it for another episode of the First Friday's podcast. Shout out to all the Apple Podcast listeners, Spotify, SoundCloud, all of that. And of course, all the listeners at thegodcollection.com. So make sure you bring it back because we'll be back for another one and another one and another one and we out already